0: Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk Attachments podcast. My name is Jessica Silva, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and an attachment coach helping adults end their unhealthy dating patterns and create stronger, secure relationships. Attachment Theory gives us insight into how we currently experience love through understanding our earlier attachment dynamics. I created this podcast as a safe space to share stories and insights on different aspects of attachment so that you can better understand how this manifests in your own life. My only request is that you listen with an open heart and an open mind. So without further ado, let's get into it. Hello, everybody. So today on the podcast, I have another special guest. She is a pediatric registered nurse a single mother, and a former client of mine who sought support with me years ago to really begin ending her toxic dating patterns and learn how to become more secure within herself and her relationships. Today, she is here to share her journey with stepping into her power, breaking insecure attachment patterns, and creating a life that is aligned with her secure self. So without further ado, here is Arnie Chin. Arnie, thank you for being on the Let's Talk Attachments podcast. I'm happy you're here, finally. (laughs) Right? It's been how long? A few years back? I was actually thinking about that. I don't know if we started working together in 2019 or was it 2020? It was during COVID, but I don't remember when exactly. I
1: don't remember.
0: Something like that. It's been
1: around those years, I believe so.
0: Yeah. And you... Well, first of all, I just wanted to thank you again for coming on because these conversations are so helpful for just the community members to kind of, you know, feel as though they can resonate with your stories, right? With your stories of, okay, this is what I was experiencing. These were the challenges I was experiencing. And I was able to overcome some of those things. And of course, like the healing journey is ongoing. It is an ongoing journey as I know we've talked about. <laughs> together
2: over the yes. years
0: yeah um, but there's hope and things do change and things can progress so um that's why I wanted you to come onto the podcast just to kind of share your your journey with um with your healing process and you know you embodying your secure self during this time so let's go back to 2020 I know that <laughs> we kind of talked about it and you can't really recollect why you uh, what your goals were with coaching, but in terms of just you being in those toxic, you know, the toxic relationship that you were in um, wanting to overcome those obstacles. If you can think back, you know, what were some of those challenges that you were experiencing back then?
1: Um, honestly, like what you said, I don't remember why i started reaching out to you it's just that feeling like i've been following you on instagram for a while now and even before i even did coaching with you it's been i've been following you and most of the posts that you've you've posted like resonate to like what i needed help with and that was the reason why i reached out to you and i think i remember just even on that our 15 minute call like I think I cried after that <laughs> I was like this is what I needed I don't exactly know what and why but it's like I just need help yeah like because it was I was in a very chaotic um situation at that point like I was you know I was just a single mom and like my relationship with my co-parent was not really helpful and healthy it's affecting me mentally affecting how we raise um, our son And just in general, like I was just not feeling good and I know I needed help and I know I needed someone. I just don't know how to start and where to reach out, but I know you were there. And I was like, okay, let me just start with this. Mm -hmm. Let me see where it goes. And yeah, here
0: I am. (laughs) I know. And I actually, and I've told you this before, but I remember being on the phone with you for that 15 minute call and you were in your car and yes. <laughs> you yeah you're totally right it seemed as though there was just so much chaos going around you happening around you and you seemed a little bit lost mm-hmm. you seemed a little bit lost um and just kind of seeing like Arnie back then and Arnie <laughs> now it's like two completely different people just the way you look your energy has changed like it's it's really beautiful to see how you've kind of grown and just kind of come into your own power, into your own energy, into your own space. Um, Tell me about how that process has been for you, because I know it's been a long journey.
1: Yeah, it was not easy for sure. It was definitely, and even now it's still challenging, but I think the difference now is like, I know, like I'm more aware. I'm more aware about how I feel and why I'm feeling this and how to tackle it. So like it brought me so much change where I was out of my comfort zone and I know like I always have that fear, but yeah, the channel, it's it's a, a really difficult journey.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I don't even know where to start, but like I started off with not a very healthy relationship with my co-parent. I mean, that's the reason um, I reach out to you is like I need a change. And yeah, I was like, what we have was toxic. Both of us are toxic. Our whole relationship was toxic. Mm -hmm. It's because, you know, we were Mm -hmm. not a couple. We did not establish being in a relationship. Um, We had our son and we're not together in a relationship. So we just decided to co-parent together. Um, And I want to say I was not in a mental, a, a good mental health by then he had he knows his boundaries but I did not know my boundaries right. like and that yeah. was a big thing that I've learned between reaching out to you and coaching the whole process is all about boundaries like he like my co-parent is good about that but I was not and I did not know that till like later on how important boundaries are so like he did tell me and it's like just looking back on my past even if I reach out to you like he'd tell me like hey, I can't continue with this relationship. Like, I don't see you as like someone that I could be in a relationship with as boyfriends and girlfriends. But then I myself don't know boundaries. I was like, okay, you tell that in my mentality. I was like, maybe I can change that, you know, that part. It's like, maybe things will change because we will have a kid. And we did try to like work things out and be a couple and see where things go. But it just didn't work out that way. And then along the way, I've learned to set up boundaries. Cause then even if I knew that he had boundaries, he was still step on on that, on that zone where we were acting literally like, we're not a couple, but we're acting like a couple, like we were doing things a couple as a couple. And he was okay with that. I was not, I didn't know I was not because it's hard for me to do things and make sure that we were not a couple like that brought in the toxic. Um, cycle to that because then when he decided to like date someone seriously I was left alone and that's when my fearful avoidant kicked in that abandonment like really hit me hard I was like oh so I was just a person to you you can just what do you call it like like leave out or like it was so easy for you to replace me Right. and that's the truth though everyone's all replaceable but i think what i've learned throughout the process is knowing knowing where my place is in someone else's life or knowing where i stand in my life and where i stand in someone else's life ooh that's powerful it is like it was so hard to put myself like okay i'm not the girlfriend anymore but I am it makes me cry right now, but like I I'm am, crying too. <laughs> <laughs> you want to cry. <laughs> I am um, I am my son's mom. Mm. That will not change ever. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it makes me cry right now. I'm sorry. No, but yeah. Yeah. That was the biggest part that I have to learn is putting myself where I should be in someone else's life. Like. I think the hardest is people cannot tell you that because some people are not like strong enough to tell you like, hey, this is you in my life. Like sometimes you have to set that boundary. Yeah, that yeah. was the biggest part of me is like setting that boundary. Like, yeah, it was, it took me a while. It took me a long time mm-hmm. to like put time into perspective. Like, hey, you're not the girlfriend. So you don't expect someone else to treat you that way unless if you actually establish that both of you needs to be on the same page and be like okay we're boyfriends and girlfriends we are in an exclusive relationship and that's who you will be in my life we never did that however we we act upon like we did so that was that was the hardest part for me is make sure that I'm not the girlfriend And I will always be his mom. Yeah. Ooh, that was like the waking up point. I was like, okay. Okay. I'm not the girlfriend, so I'm not expecting anything from him aside from being respectful as a parent and yeah. And go from there.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up because it's so, and I feel like so many people do this. I have done this in past relationships too where people did not define the labels, right? They did not define clearly those boundaries. And so we just assume, oh, because this person is being romantic or because this person complimenting me or because this person takes me out because we hook up with each other, it must mean that we are together. And really in reality, if you don't clearly communicate those boundaries, we we can get just sucked into it, right? And sucked into our own stories about what we think is happening. So I love that you were finally like, wait a second. And it's because he found another girlfriend. Obviously you were like, wait, what? <laughs> like, what are we? But you came to that to that conclusion of, okay, wait a second. I don't wanna be like, just played around like this. You know, I, I want to feel as though I am a part of your life in whatever capacity, let's talk about this. And you realizing, okay, wow. I guess I'm not that person for you. Like that must've been really hard.
1: Yeah, it was really hard, especially like, like I said, like we did not verbally make it official, but we're doing things like a couple. Yeah. But the good thing is both of us work within ourselves. Like he goes to therapy as well. And then I was working with you. So both of us like decided, okay, we're going to raise this, kid as our own but that's Mm. just about it nothing romantically and if ever both of us cross that line we do remind each other and that's the great part is we remind each other like hey you're Ethan's mom and you're not my girlfriend like he would literally say that out loud if I do cross that boundary where I feel like I was expecting more from him and he does the same way where he would cross his boundary Um, and does something like you know romantic or what I think was romantic but he was just doing it because I'm I'm our child's mom like he was just being respectful and like you know just treating nice to me and to me I feel like I'm perceiving like oh maybe he likes me but he doesn't he doesn't likes me in that kind of way but he would also remind me like hey I'm not you're not my girlfriend and I'm not your boyfriend so let's keep it that way. So we have that reminders and we're, we're pretty open with each other. And I feel like that makes such a difference when you're working on yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that he's working with himself as well as we come together and raising this, erasing our son together in a healthiest way.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And we, we both decided that this works for both of us. It may not be for other couples or other co-parents because we see our son thrive. And that was like, that was like, I don't know, our guiding moment. We see our son thrive and how he is now. Like, and that's why we continue what we're doing and never crossing that boundary or going back to our past because it's a too much of a risk to do that.
0: Yeah, yeah. For all
1: of you. It's like a risk for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. And then we keep reminding each other that it's like, we're not going to the past. We're not going back there.
0: We've come a long way
1: to get to where we are right now.
0: Oh yeah, girl! Good for you. (laughs) Good (laughs) for both of you. And curious too. Like so, you mentioned when that had happened. You know, the fearful, avoidant you, right? That insecure version of you was like, oh, abandonment. And you've kind of come to a place of acceptance, and secure you is like, okay, wait a second. This is just what it is. This is who I am this is how I fit into his life this is who he is uh who he is this is how he fits into my life like you approach the relationship with him from such a just like stable and composed and healthy approach and outlook like that's a huge testament to you and yeah. Work. Well,
1: it wasn't that easy. I I don't think so I would get to where I am without your assistance and without your guidance and your help. Like, you know, I mean, I still have the booklet that you have that you sent me with our our session. I still do that and actually reprinted it and go through that sometimes. And then your 10-minute journal. I still do that. Um what do you call it? Journaling and meditation really helped me a lot. Like yeah. I am an overthinker. Um, I think a lot. And like, sometimes I think about scenarios in my head of like, what could have happened? Or if I don't like, and we talked about this before about like, if it's not fact, if I don't have anything proof about it, it's not real. But my mind creates that, you know, my mind creates that. And um, I've learned to like talk to my mind and say, hey, this is not true. This is not right unless, sorry, it's kind of loud in me here. No, not too much. You're okay. Fine. Um sorry, you no. mind if I just close the door? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> sorry. You're all good, girl.
0: Is that gardening work outside? Yeah,
1: they're trying to clean up the leaves.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Like whenever I'm in session, like even recording pod, it's always like the garden the gardeners outside. <laughs> yeah. right? Like, thank you, but it's
1: yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, so where we are. So yeah, a lot of things have helped um getting off social media, journaling, mm-hmm. meditating almost every day, getting back into my routine. Um, Because like I said, I'm an overthinker. So I think a lot in my mind. So meditating myself would clear up that space. And then journaling, just dumping all the thoughts that I have in my head, writing it down, like makes me feel relieved because that way I don't have to hold it in my mind.
2: Mm -hmm. Like
1: dumping everything in my notebook. And then I don't have to think about it. So that helps a lot. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Then I've also learned... um, to get back on what I love to do. That was a big part for me. I love like, because then if I don't do that, like my focus would be things that I can't control, you know, like how my co-parent would react or like how he treats me or anything that could go wrong. So Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I started doing things that I love. I love the outdoors. I love hiking and traveling. And I am so thankful that my co-parent is supportive about that like he would be flexible about his time with my son just so I can do things that I like to do. So really? that's, that's a big part. And like I said, it, I don't think so. We would be where we are if we did not both work on ourselves. Mm. Like he He's good about growth as well. He's good about getting better himself. So he did his own work. I did my own work and we both come along together.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's so helpful when both people are yes. working on themselves, you know, like you said, the boundaries, communication, um, you know, your own individuality, understanding, compassion, all those things to co-parent. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're really
1: lucky. You're really, I really am. Lucky. I'm very blessed. <laughs> I'm very blessed to be in this situation right now.
0: Yeah. And I question, cause I'm sure there's a lot of moms and dads probably listening to this podcast if you any like suggestions that you have for them in terms of you know what if they don't have a co parent that's as understanding or flexible as yours like what would you suggest for them or you know what kind of
1: wisdom could you share with them? Um, I would say continue working on yourself, mm-hmm. um, be the best. I mean, show up as you can um, for your child. You can't really control how your co-parent works, how they respond to you, but you know how to respond. You know how to control yourself or um, how to respond, but just make memories with your child when you have them
2: Mm -hmm. and
1: teach them how, teach them your ways. You know, you can't control what your co-parent does and don't try to control it because you can't. And you're just stressing yourself out. <laughs> so yeah, work on yourself. Be the better parent. Be the bigger person. But also know your boundaries. Know mm-hmm. your boundaries. And if you're a co-parent, like cross that. Be firm about your boundaries and how you want it to be treated. How you should be treated. Just, mm-hmm. yeah. And mostly it's the reaction that you do yeah learn to know how to react well And, and yeah I mean that's all I could say yeah and what I love about that too is that
0: research indicates that you know when a child is developing their attachment style it doesn't have to be both parents that are secure right secure and actively working on themselves it could just be one parent one parent that is actively Working on themselves and learning those tools and those skills to be able Mm -hmm. to model to the child. So it doesn't have to be both parents, it could just be just one.
1: Yeah. And they're growing. And once they grow up, they will see, they will see the progress, they will see the results. And, you know, all they will remember is how I was with mom or what I did with dad. And it's mostly how they feel, right? The memories they create with you.
0: Right. Yeah. So question for you, if you feel comfortable talking about it. So you going back into the dating world, <laughs> going back into, dating world, I know, take a sip of your tea. <laughs> um, going back into the dating world, right? Like after, you know, you know, you're a single mom, you're working this co-parenting thing out. You're like learning to approach dating from a more secure and confident place. Like you kind of know the red flags, you kind of know what you're maybe looking for. Like how was that experience for you?
1: Um, It was definitely a challenge. Um, I did end up meeting someone and I was with him for a year, Um, but that also didn't go well. Um, A huge part of it got me into like, oh my God, what is wrong with me? you know, but it's definitely a challenge. When I met him, I feel like I was, I would say almost secure, um, but even there's still some fearful avoidant of me that shows up. Um, I don't know, it was definitely a challenge, but I feel like I was not the same person anymore as how I would show up when I was with my ex, with my co-parent, like I see the difference. I was more aware of how I feel. I was more aware of why I feel this way. Um, the biggest challenge is definitely, I mean, the communication is still a challenge. It was probably part of it that broke us apart. Mm-hmm. Um, we, were, we were only together for a year, um, mm-hmm. but it was good for the honeymoon stage. Um, we had a great time. But the only challenge is we it became toxic again. I wouldn't say it was not. And like what you said in the very beginning, like, um healing is not yeah. linear, you know <laughs> It's not linear. And I don't even know how to talk to you about this, but but yeah, I would say I was much in a in much better state than how I was with my co-parent. Um, if I was in my old self, like I would be freaking out if he did not respond on time. I would be freaking out if he would cancel or things don't go out. Um, yeah, it was, I was not real. I was, I feel like I'm more secured because I don't feel that way. Um, we had a great chemistry. But something just fell apart. So when we first started, he actually did the same. So you know how in your securement um, coaching, there is like a a personality test and what kind of attachment you are. So I did that first before coming up to you. And I was a fearful avoidant. He's actually an avoidant Mm -hmm. person. Um, So that was our attachment styles. And he knew that he knew that he's actually took the test. And I never paid attention to it much. Um, I think the challenge between that with with our relationship is the communication. We do not know how to communicate with each other. We do not know how to soothe each other. And I don't know, it's just we're two different ones. And once again, that boundary came up. I am better with boundaries now, but he was not. Mm-hmm. Um, I totally see myself in my my old self with him. Um, it's weird. It's weird. But like, I see all the toxic traits that I had with my ex-co-parent with him. And so I kind of knew how things were going to go. So sometimes I kind of step back when things get out of hand and instead of communicating it with him, I did not. And that was my flaw. Mm. Um, and yeah, and that just, it's kind of like a domino effect where since our communication was not that good and led to like a bigger problem and I was like, I have to step back and get back to who I was, who my 2.0 is, um, and it became toxic. It became toxic and I kind of knew. And then later on in our relationship, I told him like, hey, I did this because I don't want for the past to repeat itself. Mm. But the the biggest drawback there is he was not receptive of my needs. Mm. He was not, I I don't think so. He understood why I have to do what I needed to do. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So he did something that, totally broke right? my deal breaker,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know? And then getting out of that, another toxic relationship, looking back at it, there's a lot of red flags that I missed. There's a lot of red flags that I just let it go because I like him so much and I've learned to love him. Mm-hmm. And I just ignored that. Or maybe I did not even realize that till after the fact to like get out of that relationship.
0: And I'm going to tell you, sometimes we don't. So it's like, it's such a, like don't even waste your time guilting yourself into being like, oh, I should have noticed because you're just not going to, Yeah, right? When you have an attachment to someone, all of that is gone. Sorry, <laughs> Like you don't see it till later. Oh, but I'm, I've been there. <laughs> but I know. What but, were some now that you're looking at it from you know this approach, what were some of those red flags?
1: Um you... a lot. Like I was not like there's a lot of red flags, <laughs> to notice. Um I felt like I was forced to do things. Like he made me feel guilty. So being as a co-parent or a single mom, there are times when emergency happens and I have to cancel. Right. I have to cancel dates. I have to cancel our plans. And he makes me feel bad about it. Like he doesn't technically directly point it out to me, but he's like passively aggressive about it. And he makes comments about it. He may not notice it, but that's how I perceive it. And it makes me feel bad for canceling times with him because I have to take care of my son or there's something that happened between my co-parent and I, and then I have to step up as a co-parent. So not respecting your boundaries. Yes, exactly. And yeah, that's, that was one. And then secondly, it's like, I feel anxious. There are some times where I feel anxious and all I want to do is just be myself, locked in a room and just gather my thoughts. And I just needed some me time. Because being a single mom and I work in a very, very busy environment as a healthcare worker, I just don't want to be around people. And I just want to get myself back together and get that alone time. And sometimes I cancel that with him. Like I know it feels really bad for canceling things, but I explained it to him where I'd rather hang out with you when I'm in a good mood than be in a bad mood and give you all that negative Mm -hmm. energy towards you. So I can feel good. I'm not that person. I don't want to do that. And I'd, that's why I prefer to be by myself and he did not like that he made me feel bad again like mostly boundaries like breaking up like making me feel bad about my boundaries and not respecting my boundaries is now such a big thing for me like that's what I've learned over the years is I have my own boundaries and I want you to respect that yeah yeah
0: And it's through those experiences, Arnie, like it's through these relationship experiences that we recognize how important our boundaries are and that we really start to honor them. So it's like you would have never really known about boundaries if you didn't have these relationships that kind of violated your limitations. So
1: it's it's all such a learning experience. It Mm -hmm. really is. Yeah. And I've learned, I mean, that's probably like for the next guy, whoever's going to come, that's one of the biggest thing. And I'll probably bring that up. I'm like, Hey, these are my boundaries. This is what you expect. Yep. If you want to be in my life. <laughs> sure.
0: Yeah. And something I wanted to mention too, cause we, you know, with the fearful avoidant, you have some of those avoidant aspects to you, him having some of, the, of that avoidance too. I think we talked about it. He had, he has something, he has some anxious attachment for sure. Because of that, like the lack of respect for your boundaries, in a sense, anxious attachments can be very much about like what I want, what I want, meeting my needs, meeting my needs. Um, But he also has the avoidance too. So in terms of communication, it didn't work that way because you both avoided the real conversations. (laughs) You both avoided the
1: uncomfortable
0: conversations.
1: Yes. That was the beginning of our relationship. We avoided, we avoided all like the confrontational, the important mm-hmm. ones, but that at the very end, you know, I've learned like, okay, he needs to know this. And as soon as I actually expressed myself, like, hey, because then you were right, he hasn't avoided um, attachment. So most of his focus is like, oh, these are my needs. These are mm-hmm. my needs to me. He was saying that to me. And then on my end, I was like, okay, I understood what your needs are. What about my needs? Right. Like, I was not, like, yes, I, I was not able to vocalize that to him in the very beginning. Because then, I don't know, I'm not used to seeking for help. I'm not used to telling everyone or even my romantic partner what my needs are. I expected them to know right. it. You know, <laughs> that was also my flaw. So then by the end of our, almost the end of our relationship, I learned, I was like, okay, say, hey, this is what I need. Like, Mm. if I do this, I need you to do this to make me feel better at least. Like, and more specifically, I was like, if I feel this way, like I have like anxiety here and there. It's like, if I feel anxious, I just need you to hug me and tell me that everything is okay, Mm. that I will be here for you. And I actually told him that. But I think he was also at his tail end where he was so like, drained from our relationship that he was not receptive about my needs and that actually happened he was not there for me and I was like this is it I don't want this like if you cannot meet my needs when I need it Mm -hmm. like I I don't know how we can work things out like I'm not saying that was the only deal breaker and that's the reason why we broke up That, that was a big part of me Like I know relationship takes a lot of work. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot, it has to be both ways. Um, but I just felt like again, that's also my fearful avoidance side. I felt like I was abandoned. I felt like he wasn't there for me. Mm -hmm. But I don't, I don't know. It's just I don't think so. Like I said, I don't think so. That's the reason why we broke up. But that was a big part of it. Like I felt like he was not there as a partner for me. I feel like he was only there for me because he has need that I was able to provide in the beginning of our relationship. But when we ended, or we almost like before we ended, like when I asked for my needs, like he wasn't there to provide that.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And just to clarify, um, so it sounds like he had Uh, Because I remember in one of our sessions, we were kind of talking about, okay, wait a second, how is he responding right now? And and in terms of your needs, because you were kind of trying to communicate what it is that you needed. And he just kind of wasn't really understanding it or respecting it because he was thinking more so about himself in those moments. Mm -hmm. Um, But there was some definitely some anxious attachment to him. And then there was some avoidance as well. Those can get kind of confusing because anxious attachments can also avoid anxious attachments because they are also sometimes afraid of communicating and like pushing someone away, they'll become very passive aggressive. Um, so it's it's honestly, the attachment styles is so, so complex, but it sounds like he has a little mixture of a couple, which we tend to. We fall on a spectrum, so we tend- I do
1: yes, I do feel that right after when we broke up, probably a month or two months after because then right when we broke up, like I. <laughs> I avoided him at all because I was like I don't want this anymore and then two months after he reached out back to me it's like that push and pull I mean fearful avoidant and avoidant it's oh I totally felt that and it was so confusing and that's when I had to step up and you know what this is it we're done because then I feel like our relationship whether we try to mend it or not a lot has happened and it's just a push and pull between the both of us Mm -hmm. and Yeah. Yeah, I just, yeah, I just have to step up and be like, that's it. I have to put boundaries there, stop everything, block everything. And I have to heal myself and you have to do your own
0: healing as well. Yeah. (laughs) Let's hope you, hope you
1: are.
0: Yeah. I I hope hope he is. is. (laughs)
1: Um,
0: yeah. (laughs) Yeah, But it becomes super
1: toxic. That push pull dynamic is so, and I knew that was Jenna. I, if we did not, if I did not set my boundary in that, it's just going to continue. And who knows mm-hmm. how long that's going to work or how long that's going to stay like that.
0: Yeah. And that speaks so much to you, Arnie, because it takes that confidence and that security to be like, oh my God, even though I love and care for this person, I don't want to continue this pattern anymore right so that took a lot of courage and and security from you to really make that de- decision and, and stand by it
1: it's not easy but it's something i had to do yeah i mean and then what helped me made that decision is like looking back at my past right. you know looking back at how i ended it with my co-parent in a healthy way It's like, if I can do this with him, I can do it with anyone. Um, And like I said, it goes back to like the root of setting up boundaries and knowing what your values are and knowing what you tolerate in your life and what works for you.
0: Yeah. And what you want, like, what do I actually want? Do I want this weird cycle that's like hurtful and weird and destructive? Or do I want something... Healthy and loving and open,
1: and yeah, and I've learned along the way manifestation works. Mm. I don't know, I don't know, as something about manifestation, but we've talked about this throughout our coaching. Where it's just weird because I've been, yeah, (laughs) with where I am right now, it's something that I've always wished and hoped for since a few years back.
0: Oh, and I'm telling you like that visualization work, like even though I don't, I don't actually tell people, oh, we're doing manifesting, right? Like I don't (laughs) tell people we're doing that, but with the visualization, there's so much science to back up how just visualizing, you know, your secure self, that version of you that you're trying to create, the life that you're trying to create, it really, your subconscious mind picks up on that right? Because it picks up on what's familiar. So it doesn't have to be that like, you're living this life already, but if you're mentally thinking about it, visualizing it, your brain is catching up on that. Your brain is collecting all of that information, right? It doesn't know know the difference between real or imagined. So you start behaving in ways you start believing in certain, you know, believing in certain things that, um, align with what it is that you want. It's powerful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It works wonders. It's, I I can't explain it, but it's just, I don't know.
0: (laughs) So tell me, how are you, how are you taking care of yourself now? So it's, so you, where are you in life right now? It sounds like you've made
1: some moves in terms of your career. Like, yeah, I mean, honestly, after I ended my last recent relationship um things started falling into place of how I envisioned my dreams and my goals since the past few years, since I was, you know, my son was still like what two, three years old. And now he's four turning five. Um, yeah. So I left my old job and it was really hard leaving that job because that's what I considered as home. Um, Yeah. So I, I've worked on myself. So after that toxic relationship, my most recent one, I've learned to focus on myself. I've learned to focus on my goals and how I want to see or live my life with me and my son. So that's where I mostly focus on that, of that. Like, I was like, okay, this part of my life is not working out. Let me focus on something else. So I focused on my career. I got my bachelor's degree. And then six months after like, I applied to other jobs and there's no way where no means where it's like, Oh my God, I need to get this job right away. Mm -hmm. You know, I need this. It's not like I need this. It's more of like, okay, let me work on things. And so many doors is open for me. Mm -hmm. I got like my dream job and then I've told you this before, where how I wanted to move out of my parents for the longest time. It's not like I don't love, the, I don't love them. Uh-huh. Um, but like, I feel like it's time for me to be more independent, um, mm-hmm. to see what I'm very, I'm capable of. And that was a really hard transition. Um, I've lived with my parents for a very long time and they've always been my support system, especially being a single mom. So I was able to get out. I am now in my own place. Um, mm-hmm. even though my goal ultimate goal is to ha- buy a house it's just too expensive right now but I have my own apartment with for my son and I I am definitely living and working at, like I said my dream job and dream hospital and now my next goal is to thrive where I'm at right now and hopefully meet someone that's healthy in a way and would learn to respect my boundaries love and you know, um, I don't know, like just respect my boundaries, show me how I should be treated as a woman, um, and be there for me and my son. And hopefully that next person would be someone who would respect my co-parenting boundary too. That's Mm -hmm. the biggest part for me. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. And I a
0: hundred percent believe that you're going to find what you're looking for, Arnie? I really, really do, and I'm excited for you to come back on the podcast, to show everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's beautiful. Like once you're clear, honestly, like once you're clear about what it is that you want, you know, it's. I'm telling you, those doors just open. Things just really begin to align for you. Um, and it's, it, so
1: it's weird and freaky because, like, when that door opened, I was like you know, I still talk to the universe or to the God. I'm not religiously, but I'm very spiritual. And I always say like, okay, I, and I always tell myself, I wouldn't be where I am if I was not ready or if I was not capable to do what's next for me. Mm. And I just hold on to that. And if a door doesn't open for me, I'd be like, okay, maybe that's that path is not right for me. It's not yet time. Yeah, that is a big part. And, and yeah, that's just what I live by. If it opens for me, I'll take that opportunity, but if it doesn't, then okay, maybe it's not for me. Yeah. And I just wanted to
0: say, I caught that, that self-talk like, okay, baby, it's all right. Like that, (laughs) that self-talk Arnie is so important because (laughs) your relationship to yourself, the way that you talk to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I heard like encouragement with the way that you talk to yourself and like support and love and some compassion there.
1: Yeah. And like I said, like I'm big in manifestation and affirmation affirmation. Okay. Now, like I have like little post throughout in my new apartment about like, you know, positive talk and reminds me if I feel down, I just read through that or like, I just journal. And Perfect. yes, yeah, uh, yeah, definitely talking to yourself. And giving that tender love and care to yourself makes such a difference Mm -hmm. than talking down on yourself. That does not help. (laughs) Because you know what they say, what you focus in is what comes to your life. If you focus on the negative, definitely more negative would come to your life. But if you focus on the hope and the good things, yeah, and it will definitely change your day.
0: Oh, for sure. Actually, this morning, I was taking a shower and I'm singing the Selena Gomez song <laughs> that's like this is the it's like talking about like her fairy tale ending was like tragic this is a, I forget anyways um but anyways that it, there's like no fairy tale and you know just horrible kind of ending to her love story and I was like Jessica listen to what you're telling yourself right like. yourself is this really how you want to start your day? <laughs> so then I changed the, I changed the song too, because I'm happy <laughs> because I'm happy. I swear to you, Arnie, my demeanor changed, my it energy. Change. Yeah, just by that self dialogue. So it's so important to like, just be aware of what we're listening to, what we're watching, what we're reading. Um, how we're talking to ourselves because it really does make a difference. I know, yeah, yeah. So last question for you, Uh, any words of wisdom for people who are like, oh, I am so stuck in my insecure ways. I don't think I can ever change. I hate myself. I hate this attachment style because people really, really do believe that what what can you say to them to kind of give them some
1: hope in terms
0: of yeah shifting
1: um i would say if you do feel stuck feel it don't neglect it feel it um but give yourself a timeline don't stay there you know it may just be a full moment maybe it's just for a day but acknowledge it acknowledge that you're feeling that way and be and i always and that happens to me too Even if I'm like working on myself for years, like I said, it's going to be throughout my life working on myself. I feel that way. And whenever I feel that way, I was like, okay, I feel stuck and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Do whatever your body and your mind needs. Let's say, give it a day. And then the next day or the next hour, next few few hours, do something that you love to do. You know, always get back to what makes you happy. And -hmm. that's what I do. Like I work out. I go hiking even just for 30 minutes or an hour, do something that makes you happy little by little. And then you'll see, eventually you'll feel that you're not stuck anymore. And then, like I said, it starts with your own self. It starts with how you talk to yourself. If you you talk to yourself like, oh, I'm never going to get out of this. You're never going to get out of it. You're right. You're never going to get out of that stuck cycle. But you need to start telling yourself like, okay, this is just temporary. This is just for right now, I'm feeling right now and it's okay, but tomorrow's a new day. It will. I will change, my mood will change. Just take it one step at a day, one step at a time, every hour, maybe one hour, give yourself an hour, but don't mm-hmm. live there, you know? Mm-hmm. Give yourself some grace because you need to be gentle and loving to yourself too. And don't expect, the thing I've learned too is like, don't expect to get that from someone else. Because if you cannot give that to yourself, no one can give that to you. (laughs) Do that for yourself first. And that's what I've learned. Like, don't expect for someone to be nice to you if you're being rude to them or being rude to yourself. Mm. Like you need to start out within yourself. And that's hard too as a co-parent because... Someone is relying on me, but he can't provide that for myself too. So you need to focus on you, Mm. then give that back to to other people. I love that. I love that. That makes me think
0: of, um, like, no one's going to come and save you. Yeah. (laughs) No one's going to come and save you. We have to save ourselves. Yeah. to save ourselves. And yeah, people can be there to support you and things like that. But like to think that they're just going to completely, you know, make you happy and make you feel hundred percent better is so unrealistic. Like we have to take responsibility for our own life and our own happiness.
1: Yeah. And this go, the analogy goes back to like, remember when you're riding in a plane and there's emergency, the max, the mask fall on you, you always want to put your mask on first. And then that way you can save other people. Yeah. Yeah. Which
0: is hard for someone who has that anxious (laughs) to them. Like we're always like the other person, the other person, but like, it comes back to self-love and taking care of yourself first.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like you have, yeah, throughout your life, it's just going to be you and yourself and you have to do that for yourself first.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Arnie, for taking the time in your busy schedule to <laughs> come on here and, you know, just again, share your story and, and share your wisdom from all of these experiences. Um, I know that people will really resonate and uh, be grateful for for your for your time here. So thank you.
1: You're very welcome. I hope this finds it helpful for everyone because it did help me a lot. I am where I am right now without, without you, without your coaching. Um, Yeah. I wouldn't be where I am right now. I appreciate you
0: saying that, but honestly, like, like, yes, like as therapists and coaches, we're here to guide, but it's not everyone that actually implements, you know, the material and the tools and the wisdom into, into their life. So the fact that you did, and you still continue to do that, that's all you girl. that is all you that is a testament to to you and your you know your power and your capacity and your motivation so
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right bye Arnie bye thank you
0: Thank you so much for listening. I hope you gained some great insights from this episode. If you enjoyed it, leaving a rating or a comment would be greatly appreciated. And if you're looking for support to help you and your unhealthy dating patterns and create those strong, secure relationships, you can learn more about working with me one-on-one via the link in the show notes. Until next time.